I need a beard, though, to kind of complete the look. Um, yeah, so power to change, uh, transformation. We've been talking about it all morning. And, you know, there's, as I set up here, there's all sorts of change. Um, there's all sorts of transformation. Um, you know, last night, uh, well, let me back up. I, I grew up in North Walpole in the mid-'70s. And um, at the last minute, I was invited to a, uh, a reunion of sorts of, of uh, neighborhood guys. Uh, there's about five of them. And, you know, so I haven't seen them in like 45 years. So uh, it was amazing that I could actually recognize any of them and that they could recognize me. So there's been a change, but that's not the kind of change that we're talking about this morning. Um, we're talking about godly transformation. Let me just open up my lap book here. A sec. Yeah, so cha uh, change, transformation, growth, um, becoming more like God intended us to be. Uh, you know, it's something we all want to experience. Um, and I'll let you in on a secret. Uh, not only you want to experience it, but those who have to put up with us want to see us experience uh, change. But you know, sometimes um, we can get lost in the details. We, uh, if you're anything like me, we can forget why it is we can have hope that this transformation process is happening and will ultimately be completed. So, um, if you're like me, sometimes what helps me is to step back and just get an overview of where I am uh, and where I'm going. So whether you've just started your journey of transformation with Jesus or if you've been on it <clears throat> for a while, sometimes we lose our bearings. And today what I wanted to do is just briefly cover five aspects of how lasting, joyful transformation takes place. And so for a Christian, where does that change begin? Well, it's simple, really. It's, it's the new birth, salvation, uh, putting God in charge. And in reality, this is where all the transformation power comes from. And how do we know that? Well, the first uh, scripture reference that I'll bring up is Romans 1.16. And in it, the Apostle Paul says... I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. And when I think of salvation, I think of rescue. I think of a 747 that just got its wings clipped and it's heading in a nosedive and they need to be rescued. So for me, what salvation represents is kind of like the big bang. It's where everything starts. Um, for, for anybody who's kind of a fan of science fiction, of NASA, of space, there's this fictional thing called a terraforming engine. And uh, habitable planets, they don't have the right atmosphere, climate, etc. And, and these terraforming engines are sent down to these planets and they begin to transform the surface of the planet. They begin to provide oxygen, water, they change the climate. And in reality, for a Christian, that's what salvation is. You become this terraforming engine that begins to create everything that you need 
to live spiritually, to live successfully, to experience peace, joy, and growth. So I'm just going to do a brief recap of, of salvation just to make sure we're all on the same page here. So we come to Jesus acknowledging that we have a sinful nature, we live in darkness, we're powerless, we're unfulfilled, we're separated from God, and almost every one of us are broken in some way. And so what does Jesus ask us to do? He says, you need to believe that I have lived a perfect life, that I died for your sins, that I rose from the dead, and that has become the ultimate validation of your redemption. You have to receive my righteousness, and you have to follow me. And then, what he does is he takes our punishment, cancels our sin debt, he destroys our old sinful nature, which has been responsible for taking us down these wrong paths our entire lives. He then, and this is key, he places a new nature within us, a, his, his spirit. And he transfers us out of a kingdom of darkness, brings us into a kingdom of light. He supplies us with all sorts of resources, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, and physically. And then he crowns it with eternal life. So that's number one uh, reason why uh, transformation is guaranteed to take place. Reason number two is this new nature that we touched on. And this is really where the outworking of your manifested change comes from. And so let's keep in mind that the truth about renewal that we were talking about this morning, that we're experiencing, all of the impossible stuff associated with transformation has already been accomplished by Jesus Christ. Well, think about that. The impossible stuff has been accomplished by him. And the reason why I say that is if we look at Romans 6, 5 through 7, what it says in part is our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed. So if our old nature has been destroyed, kind of what's going on? Why do we have this tendency to kind of want to do the things that we used to do that got us into the, the problems that we experienced? And the reality is that we have a mind that is still not renewed. It's unrenewed. So our mind still has wrong values. It has wrong thinking. And it's because our minds have been trained by this old nature, our old sinful nature. So in place of this old nature, we've been given a new nature, the Spirit of God. And within this new nature, I kind of, I think of it in two ways. It's split between two things. Our new nature is comprised of new content, new software, and we have a new teacher. So we have uh, the new birth, number one. We have a new nature. Now let's talk about the teacher and the content. So number three, new content. Most of us are probably already anticipating what this is. It's God's Word. And the thing that I love about God's Word is it's not simply a collection of stories. It's not simply words on a page that list do's and don'ts and this set of behavioral constructs that we have to follow. I love what the Apostle Paul says about God's Word. In 2 Timothy 3.12, he tells us, God's word is living, it is active, it is sharp, and it delivers its message to the depths of us. He uses this phrase, phrase separating between bone and marrow. 
So God's word gets into you and it reaches its destinations and it begins to, to generate this change. So you say, Paul, the Bible's kind of big. It's a lot of territory to cover. What do you want to talk about? So what I want to share with you that's so important to me, what I've realized about this new content that we have, is there are four aspects of it that really help frame this process of transformation that we're all a part of. So number one, for me, this is key, we are brand new creations. We're brand new. We're not rehabbed. We're not whitewashed. We're not even up-armored. We are brand new. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 is the linchpin verse for this. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold. It's like, look at this. Pay attention. It is brand new. That is you and I in Christ. We are brand new. Number two we can no longer be condemned for our failures, past, present, and future. We cannot be condemned. So why is that important to someone like me? Like, like any of us, really, we struggle with guilt. We've all made bad choices. We've all had to live with the consequences of our lives. And if we're not careful, that is responsible for hindering you in this transformation process. Well, let me tell you today, point number two is you and I can no longer be condemned. And Romans 8, 1 through 3 tells us that. And let me just read it in part because it's so powerful for me. So now, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. So that was number two. Number one, we're new creations. Number two, we can't be condemned. Number three, and number three really flows out of the first two, is God's truth sets us completely and utterly free. That means bondage to bad habits, uh, lousy attitudes, um, unhealthy relationships, addictions. Those bonds have all been broken by Jesus Christ. And he says so, he himself says so in John 8. 8.32 says, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth. So I've invited Christ into my heart. He is the embodiment of truth. And that truth begins to inform every aspect of your life. He goes on to say in John 8.36, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Amen. Number four, we're talking about transformation. And did you know that God's word actually talks about this transformation and guarantees it? It's there in black and white. He renews our mind. Romans 12, 2. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God, in other words, allow God 
to transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So this new content for me, it, it has these four elements that as I'm going through the journey of transformation, I can always fall back on. I'm not condemned. I'm brand new. I'm free. And God is transforming me. That brings us to the, to the fourth element of transformation for me. This is the new teacher. And I think everybody can guess that new teacher is the Holy Spirit. So when we talk about a teacher, a lot of times what we'll want to do is understand what their credentials are. Um, we talk about references. What are their references? So there's a few things about the Holy Spirit. This, this isn't a, an overly deep dive uh, into the Holy Spirit, but, but just some high points that, I, that just thrill me about him. So number one, the Holy Spirit comes to us with the highest set of references. And it's really only one reference. It's Jesus Christ himself. He says in John 16, 7, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Not better, not a slight improvement. It is best that I go away because if I don't, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you Jesus is sending the Holy Spirit to you and I. Uh, he's not taking a dart, closing his eyes, and throwing it. He is sending it with you as the destination, as me as the destination. And I can tell you, he is going to hit his mark. So we receive, we have the Holy Spirit as part of the new birth. And John 16, 13, another terrific verse says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you, into all the truth. So we're talking about content. Now we have a guide. So I was thinking of an analogy, and you boaters will probably really appreciate this. The Holy Spirit is like the harbor master. And for those of us who aren't boaters, what the harbor master does is he is the absolute specialist of the harbor. He knows where every rock is under the water. He knows every shoal. He knows every curve. And so before you'd see some sort of a an LNG tanker try and come into Boston Harbor or some enormous freighter, the harbor master is sent out to the ship and he takes control and he guides the ship so that it successfully, successfully reaches its port and disembarks with its cargo. And that is very much like what the Holy Spirit is to us. He is the harbor master. He is the specialist who takes this content he looks into our lives, and he begins to apply it if we let him. The other thing that uh, I love about the Holy Spirit um, is there is not a set of merit badges you and I have to earn before we can receive him, before we can get his help. So essentially, he comes prepaid. Luke 11.13 says, If you then, though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children? How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Wow! Mm, would you look at that? That's the phrase my dad uses. We'll be driving around in the car, and he'll see something that excites him. He'll go, mm, will you look at that? <laughs> so that's what it made me feel like when I, when I realized he comes prepaid. So, in general, the Holy Spirit provides the strength 
the wisdom, the patience, the persistence, and desire that enables us to unpack all of this new content and to deploy it in this new nature. The Holy Spirit trains us to master fear, anger, bad habits, toxic relationships, and enables us to step into this new nature. So, so what that means to me, and it can mean to you, is that under the power of the Holy Spirit and the authority of Jesus Christ, we are now built to tear down spiritual strongholds, to see through the lies that the enemy uses in his weak attempts to bind us. And, you know, there's a, there's a scripture reference that, that I love, and uh, actually I'd, I'd love for somebody to read it. It's 2 Corinthians 10.4. If you guys have your Bibles, someone can look up 2 Corinthians 10.4. You got it, Michelle? Awesome. Read it nice and loud. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. They're not natural. They're not guns, knives. But these weapons, they are mighty for tearing down strongholds. And, you know, if you're like me, we're always finding some new stronghold in our life that needs to be torn down, and we absolutely have that power. So we've got salvation, number one. Number two, our new nature. Number three, this new content. Number four, our own personalized new teacher. Brings me to number five, the last one, the new future. The new future. Your transformation journey. So... Um, I know most of you, um, but I don't think God's gifted me for, with a crystal ball to see what your, your future looks like. So I don't know a lot of the details, but what I can tell you is that there are three things that I absolutely know your future will contain. Number one, you will always have, always have His great love. Love like no one else on earth can give you. He knows every crack and crevice of your psyche. He knows every strength and weakness that you have. He can bring in a word everything you need to receive his love, his empowering and healing love. Romans 8, 38 and 39. Most of us are familiar with it. It's the Apostle Paul going on to talk about how nothing can separate us from this love. And I'll read it quickly here. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor principalities, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Number two, your future will always have, as a follower of Jesus Christ, the power over sin. Power over sin. We struggle with that in our daily lives, but you absolutely have the conquering power over sin. It's in God's word in black and white. Romans 6.14 to be specific. It says, For sin will not rule over you because you are not under the law, but you are under grace. 
Wow. That really comes in handy in our daily lives. You know, there's another verse, if you're visual like me, that you kind of need a mental image to know that <clears throat> you have power. And so one of the ones I've been thinking about lately is uh, way back in the beginning. It's Genesis 3.15. And in that passage, you know, God's standing there, and he's talking to Adam and Eve and Satan. And he says to Satan, he says, you may bruise his heel, but he is going to crush your head. And in Jesus Christ, that was accomplished on the cross over 2,000 years ago. So remind yourself that your enemy has been crushed. Number three, this kind of is, is a segue into number three. You will always, you will always on this journey of transformation, be conquering. Absolutely, you will be conquering. So no matter what it feels like, if you've made a mistake, if you're experiencing pain and suffering, God will use all of that to cause you to conquer in his name. Romans 8.37 No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are conquerors. So you think about that. And you start thinking to yourself, what does it mean to have a conquering attitude? What feelings can I have justifiably because Jesus says, I will be conquering? Well, you know, so Christ is our courage. And, you know, one of the names of Christ who dwells in you and I is the Lion of Judah. You have that in your spirit, the Lion of Judah. So, so don't be cowed by your circumstances, whether it's physical, emotional, relational circumstances that would seek to just put you down. You remember, you have the Lion of Judah in you, and let that inform and encourage your strength. And in fact, you know, when I think about what Christ has done for all of us and the fact that we are now children of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ, you know, your very existence, my very existence as his child is a dramatic statement to the unseen powers of darkness that you and I are the victors and that their destruction is eminent and assured. So, don't know your future, but I know your future. It's going to have these three aspects in it. So, in a word, your future now has something called joy. So let's, so let's step into the joy. Uh, you know, I was thinking about, you know, how do I talk about joy that distinguishes it from, yay, I found a parking spot up front at Walmart, I feel joy, versus what we're talking about. So I had to go back in my mind to where you really see this kind of joy. And it's childhood, right? It's childhood. And so when a child is empowered... That empower no when they're when they're transformed it leads to empowerment and that empowerment leads to joy so I thought of a couple examples that we can just kind of think about in our own lives um, and that is when you learn how to ride a bike a two wheeler if you have and when you learned how to swim so to me when I was growing up both of those things were like impossibilities because when I saw a two wheeler stand up by itself it fell over I was like yeah gravity's not in favor of that same thing when I was in a swimming pool. You know, walking around, you know, if I went in the deep end, I sunk. So those seemed impossible to me. I felt, I didn't feel empowered. 
So when you couple knowledge with a good teacher, the impossible becomes possible. And, and my teacher in knowledge is sitting over there. Dad taught me how to swim and, and to ride a bike. So for me, the kind of joy that came from learning to ride a bike, learning the knowledge and having the teacher, it enabled me to go from sunup till sundown, exploring all over the neighborhood, driving to different towns. You know, it was, it was a different time in the 70s. And, and just experiencing this euphoria because I was now empowered and I had joy. Same thing with swimming. When I was taught how to swim, like most of you, you put a child in a pool, you know, they, they don't want to come out. You've got to have an act of Congress to get them moving. So that's the kind of joy that we're talking about. So let's bring it into today's topic of transformation within us. When all of the new programming starts running through your conscious and subconscious mind, through your emotions and out into the relationships you have, the impossible in your life becomes possible. You know, so summing it up, God's Word, our new software, tells us who we are, what we have, and what we can do. And the Holy Spirit is our new teacher who teaches us and provides us wisdom and power to grow and function in this new reality. And let me just tell you, it is your reality. It becomes a journey of joy. So, remember, number one, you are brand new. You are a brand new creation. The old you is dead. You no longer have an old nature, so stop taking orders from your former landlord. He or she has left the building. Number two, start loading in the new software of God's Word. Enlist every resource you can. Apps, podcasts, commentaries. Use the help sections in your Bible. Get connected with people who are focused on this journey. And I've heard you guys share today that you got connected in, in Bible study groups. Uh, some of you have uh, CO2 partners. That's, that's simply where you identify someone that you can connect with uh, during the week to share your victories, your challenges, maybe a, a scriptural insight that you have, a, a song that's uplifting. Number three, and this really is you know, right up there with number one, pray, 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 pray. Stay in touch with your new teacher and guide. Stay in touch with your Heavenly Father, with Jesus Christ. Seek Him throughout your day. Ask Him to bring Scripture to mind, and with it will come your new nature and your new capabilities. And lastly, find joy in celebrating your growth with others. It sounds as though you're doing that already, but you can never have an, enough of it. You get a victory, call somebody. Send them an email. Let them know what you just experienced. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Lord, we thank you that uh, so long ago you knew humanity needed to be rescued. And before we even knew you or knew we needed you, you sent your son on a rescue mission that cost him his life. And so, Lord, we thank you that we now have power, we now have strength, we now have love to go through this transformation journey, this journey of joy. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would continue to inform each one of us 
of all the truth of Scripture, all the things that apply, we thank you that you can bring them to us when we need them most. Lord, we just give you praise, thanks, and honor. And we commit this all in Jesus' name. Amen.